This is I, the um, most. Yeah, go ahead. This is the most valuable thing we can do with our time. Jay was just talking about how this might be a waste of time. Hi, I'm George Tekmanchev here with Steve the Big Cat Anderson for another Eastern Archery Target podcast. Target Archery podcast. Eastern Target Archery Archery. We target. are at the 2020 Archery Trade Association Shoe, the ATA Shoe. Yeah. In lovely downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. Not a bad spot. No, actually, pretty good spot, especially this year. Um, Usually it's. Uh, Icy or it was snowy. pretty. It was pretty cold this morning. Here's my my uh, my ATA show locations in my career have been Indy, Louisville, multiple times at each of those, and then one time in Nashville. Indy is good. No complaints about Indy. Louisville is cabbage. No good. No good. Cabbage. Nashville. That's like, another I way like of saying cabbage. like driving through, say. You know, a cattle field. Well, it's like uh, cabbage is like a real heavy New Jersey accent, but you're saying garbage. Ah, That's cabbage. cabbage. Gotcha. So, gotcha. I uh, can't pack the cat. I somebody is actually whacking Steve with an arrow as we're recording the podcast. I just got whacked. Somebody named Brian over here. He's dangerous. Obviously, he's the champion of uh, putting together. Now he's the. uh, I'm losing my train of thought. He's a champion of the Big Daddy Buck race. Well, he actually has oh, never won, right. but he's tried so hard and been second so many times that we I, call I, him the champion. I've seen him compete. And for those of you who don't know what the Big Daddy Buck race is, I'll bet it's on YouTube somewhere. Hey. So anyhow. Yeah. We, uh, you were saying. It's cabbage. Yeah. Louisville, no good. No good. I know why we go to Louisville. Someone's getting paid off. Ooh. Um. That can be the only explanation. You're Nashville. We went to Nashville. Oh yeah, once. Nashville. Nashville was sweet. Too expensive. Nashville's expensive. Columbus was the year before I started going. Yeah, I heard it was all right. Columbus okay. <clears throat> Columbus is okay. Um, you know, I remember Atlanta. A couple times we did Atlanta, and we haven't been to Atlanta since. And I think two was enough. And um, yeah, Atlanta. That was. A lot of homeless folk at that time, kind of hitting on everybody, and a bunch of stuff kind of sort of disappeared from the exhibition halls. Huh. So that might be part of the reason why we didn't go back. Yeah. I really don't know. Oh. But, uh, you know, controversies aside, most of the locations for the ATA show are chosen for a primary reason, and that is supposedly so that dealers... Have it's a good the greatest, to get there. It's the greatest mass of dealers is within an eight-hour drive. And that's the idea. Same as... Uh, Unless it's snowing, in which case it becomes NFA, about a 14-hour drive. Yeah, same as NFA indoor, though. That's kind of how they try to do it. It's the which greatest mass of, of archers has the drivable distance. I see. So, And yet, the most successful tournament in our sport... Is in Vegas. Requires a flight for 90% of the participants. And everyone goes because it's awesome. Exactly. So uh, maybe someday we'll go to Vegas again. Well, that's why my theory is that if this show were in Vegas or were in Orlando, Florida, both of which have relatively cheap flights in the wintertime. They're both kind of built for conventions. I'm a big Orlando fan. I'm telling you, I think the turnout would be just as good. People might come down and stay even longer because they'd spend a vacation day with the family or something. I honestly think Mm -hmm. that the show would prosper going to a destination location but i've got nothing to do with the show and i don't know anything about the books or how the 
you know, the, the cash structure works. And so everybody in the ATA office right now is throwing stuff at their speakers going, you don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Shut up. Like they they uh, they want to have successful events as well. Of course. So and so they do this every day. I'm sure they would like to go somewhere Especially more desirable. It seems like the reason for being for the ATA is pretty much to have this show these days. Yeah. Anyhow, I'm happy here in India. I like I like the India area. Yeah. You know what? The people are nice, too. Yeah. Good folk here in India. I had a great Uber driver yesterday. We had a good one as well. Five stars on 3,000 rides. Wow. Yeah. Five stars. He uh, specifically ran Uber XL. Wow. And then he partners with someone who runs uh, Uber Select, and they, they like, double-team the whole city. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have a perfect five stars on Uber as a, as a rider. Psh. I'm, like, a 4.97. Psh, someone because didn't like you. One guy in Switzerland, apparently didn't like me that's the only i mean they don't tell you which driver or what they had to say but you knew it was when but you i didn't slam the door i didn't do anything not to be liked except maybe that i was an american that's the only thing i could figure well strike one that i'm an american in switzerland yeah yeah that's you i'm may looking be right. up mine now you may be right you know one of the nice things i like you're looking up your uber rating your, yeah. your rider rating what the, is i'm one a of the 4.98 things, 4.98 well it's one-tenth of a point better than me. One one-hundredth. But, but can you think of anything you've ever done to an Uber driver to make them not... Probably just didn't talk to them very much. But that's not... I mean... I'm not there to talk to them. Exactly. But some of them, they want to talk, and you're like, oh, yeah, man. Did you notice you know, on the Uber app, I, I don't know if it matters by market, but you can actually tell the app, do you want to talk more or less, and do you want the heat higher or lower? And I noticed this when I was in San Diego. I've the, noticed. The app was asking these questions so that it could tell the driver to set stuff to my preferences. Yeah, I Or like maybe that. pick a driver who doesn't like to talk if I didn't yes. want to talk. I'm really, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. So that was interesting. Speaking of interesting, have you seen anything at this show so far that is compelling to you as a target archer? Um, have not been around the show. I'll tell you what I like, though. I'm looking at that really cool new Cordura bag that uh, Clint came up with, the one yes. directly behind you. See, to me, it's not new, so you say no. new, and I'm like, ah, it, I see know, everything. I, 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 don't, you know? uh, I don't hang out around the old ETP offices anymore, so looking at that over there, The travel I'm thinking, bag. The new Easton travel The case. new travel bag. It's really nice. It's a... It's a that is a sweet looking double bag. Double roller compound case, 47 inch. It is made with Cordura ballistic nylon. This stuff is no joke. It's the best of the best. The zipper is a woven in YKK zipper. It's not it's not stitched in. It's actually woven in as part of the fabric. So, so you don't strong. get zipper separation. Super strong. Yeah, it's a nice. That's a yeah, if you want to get a product plug, there it is. Yeah. Easton's new compound travel case. And by the way, that might be the first actual product plug we've done on the show in I don't know how long. We're entitled to but one. That's because we really like what we're looking at over there. It's uh, gray like the in color. Too. It's got those quiet wheels. Oh, it, yeah. So it's gray in color with yeah. some orange accent stitching, and then uh, the wheels. I mean, hey, you know what I'll do is I'll the take website a snapshot. See it. I'll take a snapshot and, and yeah. put it up on the uh, you know on the podcast thing. 
has we, a image. The wheels the are like a four inch rollerblade wheel, extremely yeah. quiet yeah. compared to the old case. It just rattled along tile. This one silent. You know, really I don't have nice. a compound bow, but I definitely want one of those cases. It's also like four pounds lighter than the previous case or thereabouts. Yeah, that was one of his big uh, pushes. It, it makes we had it to get on the order of six pounds then. He had to get all my stuff that I would normally travel with into the case and be 52 pounds or less. That was the rule. So he had to take about what, six pounds out of the thing? Four. Four. That's pretty impressive if you think yep. about it, because there wasn't a whole lot of extra fat on the old case. I, I think that's about what is. Someone's going to go and compare and contrast. And it's going to be 3.8. Yeah, whatever. It was but, something like that. You know, a yeah. couple kilos, shall we say. And no, because it's ballistic nylon, you, I mean, you're not really going to wear out the stuff unless right. you get sliced. Right. But in terms of wear through, there's less need for a travel cover. You know, I almost have sort of this, I don't know how to put it sort of i don't know desire to get up and walk around the show and start making fun of some of the stuff we see like the talking deer there's some things here i see and i i feel bad knowing that someone probably mortgaged their house put all their savings into it and i feel bad actually that's not a joke some people you know these these people who uh have an idea right and maybe they tried to sell that idea to a big company and the big company looked at it and went, eh, that's not going to work. But these people are passionate, right? They believe in it they believe so in it. much. And so that's how you get stuff like the turbo knock. Remember that? Yeah. The twisted knock. I look at some of these stuff camo companies. doesn't work in the real world, but well, camo companies is a whole different ballgame because you I mean, can start a camo 30, company with a, with a Photoshop subscription. But they're 30 years too late. 30 years too late. Camo is not a thing anymore. Actually, we're looking at this big display of camo over there. And honestly, you know, at a certain point, it's all the same. It really is. And the the ones that people like are established. I'm looking at this camo thing over here. And what am I seeing? I'm seeing the same thing I saw 20 something years ago. It's just come back like your haircut in 1966. Your haircut would be the bomb. I was looking. Well, never mind. I'm just. I, I was hoping my hair would be the bomb in like uh, 1936. Well, it's, it probably was the bomb in 1936, and again in '66, and right now in 2020. 1936. Oh yeah, 1936. Anyhow, uh, you've been to the other side of the show. Yeah, I have not. Yeah. What else? Any any other like cool item? You know what I'm seeing? You know. Um, some of the stuff I'm seeing is meant to make stuff easier for the end user in the compound space. Yeah. You know, uh, more stuff that's requiring less tools, bows that are set up in such a way that you don't need a big, elaborate, expensive, special press to make major adjustments like draw length. Yeah. You know, a number of those companies have been have been doing that. I'm seeing some other stuff. Um and I saw it online. I haven't gone to look at it yet, but a new arrow saw, oh, last really? chance archery. Ah. It's a high dollar one, but you know I expect it to be nice, like the stuff they make. So I want to go look at that. Well, the last chance guys are the ones that make the really good presses. The too, really right? good press, yes. Their stuff is generally very well done. Yeah, not um, cheap though. But no, not cheap. But and they're they're not always last. like uh, they're not always say first to the market with an item. Right. But they're well done with their item. Kind of like Apple. I don't yeah. mean Apple, the saw company either. Right. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's a, Easton kind of got out of the pro shop saw business about a decade ago because 
We were selling these $700 saws that cost us $1,400 to make. Not good business. Not, not a good business plan. So at the end of the day, you know, you've got these companies like Last Chance coming in and they're doing a positive thing. They're providing a professional level saw and professional level costs. The prices aren't cheap, but there's a quality parts. It's, and if you own a shop yeah. and you're making your living doing that kind of thing, then that's the kind of thing that you need. I'm going to go check that out. Yeah, me too. Next. Sounds interesting. Next. So. See uh, Jay Mackinich walking yeah, by. Yeah, I just saw Jay Mackinich yeah. walking by. You could just people watch here. That, could. That's a fun thing to do. I, who have you seen so far that was notable? I, I've well, seen uh, a number of notables. I see the one guy. I, I see Thomas O'Bear from World Archery right over there. There's Tomas Ober from World Archery. I see the guy. I think it's... Uh, we used to say, there's Tomas Ober from Art Club de Nîmes. Yes. And now... <laughs> there's the one guy who does... Uh, he's in the knife business. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say the brand name, but he's a very noteworthy looking gentleman. And every time I see him, I go, there's that guy again. And I see him at the ATA the show knife guy. every year. The year that guy's not, he's like, ah, oh, I'm not in business anymore. That's the year when you all You know when I'll be sad? When I don't see blue-haired lady. You remember blue-haired lady? Well, never mind. Hey, we're going we're gonna to take a quick detour here. Let's uh, bring him in. Because it's the ATA show. Let's bring him in. I just brought in Thomas Aubert, who is the marketing director for events and marketing director. New title. For World Archery. Thomas, yes. welcome to the uh, Easton Podcast. Thank you, George. You have no idea that you were going to be on the Eastern podcast 30 seconds ago, and here you are. Yeah, not even five seconds ago. <laughs> I, we also don't edit the podcast, so... Yeah, so whatever you say is going to be yeah, on. Yeah, this is going to stick. Sorry. So, so I just have to say nothing. <laughs> well, you can say whatever you like, but I will point out that uh, our, your boss and my friend, Tom yes. Dillon, will be very appreciative of your high level of flexibility in taking part in the podcast with one of WA's partners. Well, that depends on what, what I'm going to say, but... <laughs> <laughs> you have a point. We'll, we'll see after that. <laughs> so, actually, Tama, you are in a new position at, at WA. Yes, correct. Taking over from Chris Marsh, taking yes. over from Juan Carlos Holgado before Chris Marsh. Exactly. And keeping the hat of the marketing guy. Yeah, um, keeping the hat and also trying to bring both aspects together because I think that's... Both are very linked because all our events are our products at the end. So I think there's way more that we can do by bring, bringing back those two sides together. Sure, sure. And, you know, let's face it, the, the World Cup and the World Indoor Series, as much as they are an exercise to promote the sport of archery, that's a marketing exercise, right? Yes. And also part of your job and one of the reasons you're here is to expand the number of companies and entities that support archery and help it grow well expand in a sort yes and also make sure that we work with those companies that make the sports because it's important for us uh, we need those companies our athletes need those companies and we want to make sure that most of them are involved and also agreeing with what we do as for our sports right so that's the important so part keeping that's the relationships with companies like the one we're in right now easton correct so that you can determine whether what you're planning in the upcoming very busy year yes. is in keeping with what hopefully guys like steve want yes <laughs> it's very important yeah they um 
World Archery really doesn't even, they don't even take a step without contacting me first, so. <laughs> you know, what you don't realize, Toma, is that Steve and I, with the podcast, have already solved 99% of your problems. Oh, that's Historically. a good news. <laughs> we have created 200% more. 200% more. So, your, your net uh, 101% more problems. Which is why, you know, our motto is never solve a problem without creating a new one to replace it. <laughs> or two. And that so sounds that's, good. That's what we do. That's our <laughs> thing. That's what keeps us, you know, professional and on the cutting edge up there with Joe Rogan. Anyway, there is a very busy year ahead. And, uh, you know, very busy, like any Olympic year. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of events coming. But you know what's been impressive is how smoothly I believe that the World Indoor Series seems to have been going so far. Yeah. As you and I speak right now, the World Indoor Series is underway in Sydney. Yes. Well, and for now, they're just be finishing the, the indoors and the, the practice, and it's going to start tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Nîmes right after that. Yes. In and one week. And then finally the big finale in, in Vegas. Vegas. Right, yeah. Saturday night in Vegas. So. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I will be there for the Sunday night event, too. So it uh, should be quite a show. Yes, I hope so. I hope so, too. It has been, I believe, a highlight. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think it's been more watchable than the regular Vegas shoot, you know, because of the head-to-head format and everything else. So yeah. uh, capacity for a crowd of 4,000 people in that venue, and it's always full. So that's quite nice. Of course, it yeah. doesn't hurt that Bruce gives away free food and prizes. You know, that always like helps that. to bring people in in archery, yeah. but especially in archery, free yeah. food. Oh, I'm there. <laughs> but but the show is great, and and Bruce is doing an amazing job in in bringing all those people together and and presenting a, a great show as well. Give us an update, if you will, of how preparations for 2020 Olympics are going from your point of view. So, uh, I I wouldn't be able to say too much about it. I know it's going very well, but we have another dedicated person in the office that is. Uh, working on it, which is Sebastian Flut, former Olympic champion from 1992. Who will be the manager It will be the technical Paris. delegate. Technical for Paris. Delegate. Also for the uh, regular event, for right, the valid event. Right, right, So it will be technical delegate for both. No, no, I mean, I mean for the Paris Olympic Games. So oh, yeah, for he's, Paris, he's, sorry. He's yeah. involved as the competition manager for Paris. I should have made that should, clear. Should be, He's yeah. the technical delegate for this event. Yes. Replacing Chris Marsh, who has moved on Correct. to the IOC. Correct. Sebastian Flute, the 1992 Olympic champion, whose championship created the explosion of archery that we saw in France. Yes, of which it helped you are a lot. Part, helped a lot. And we are hoping something like that can happen in Japan, maybe. Yeah, Or, and, and, and from what we saw, they have a very, they're training a very good team, and, and it might very likely happen in Japan this year. So we're looking forward to, to see what happens there. Yeah, we noticed after Rio big explosion of archery in Germany with the yes. success of Lisa Unruh. Yes, and amazing TV numbers as well for, for Germany in archery. Right. So, and, and those yeah. are continuing. Yeah. And that makes Berlin on the World Cup circuit this year one yes. of the bigger events. And it's going to be also the bigger because it's the final Olympic qualifier. So we're expecting uh, probably the biggest World Cup we ever had with more than 600 athletes. No nerves there. No. <laughs> All right, Duma. Well, thank you for the... Uh, great accommodation you've given us in, in having assented to sit down at the table with us which you know is a dangerous thing to do yeah i was actually I had no idea what was going on here so but that's okay because guess what that makes you a perfect part of our podcast since we never know yeah i i, I have never known what we were ever going to talk about when i come on the show which is every show 
Sometimes I make some notes about a few things that we could talk about. They always get thrown away. Okay. We have we've very rarely done a podcast that had any structure, coherence, or listenability. And yet people listen to it. And I think that's why. It's probably. That makes it interesting. <laughs> Merci beaucoup, Thomas. Merci, Georges. All right. Well, that, that just shows how flexible you've got to be to work in world archery. That you can, you know, just drop what you're doing and jump into a podcast like that. Yeah. You were speechless. Yeah. I am totally speechless. I was people watching again. Oh, yeah. There's. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think there's people who put on trade show outfits. You know like, what's It's an outfit only for, they're like, ah, I got my trade show garb on. I think I'm seeing 60% of the uh, current trade show outfits being some variety of plaid shirt. Gotta have a plaid shirt. I count a whole lot of plaid shirts. There's, uh, the beard is very important. Oh, the too. beard. The beard. Some epic beards. There have been some epic yeah. beards. There's one walking by that's serious two-tone. Yeah, there's that. And uh, directly at your six o'clock there, there's uh, a major beard right I there. I can't grow one, so. No? Well. I shaved uh, yesterday. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Went to a downtown barbershop. Uh. Got what they call the barbershop quartet. Here. Yeah. Haircut, straight razor shave, shampoo, and they razor finish the rest. Wow. Like you know, you got to be trusting to let a guy hold a straight razor to your throat in downtown Indianapolis. Well, I was paying him for it. Okay. But, you know, uh, as we talk about the show, one of the things people need to realize, this is a Target Archery podcast. This show is 95%. It's really not Target. Right. I'm I'm doing a Target thing tonight, though. Oh. I'm uh, competing. Oh, whereabouts? I don't know. Over there. Yeah. <laughs> They said, go over there when this is done for the day. I said, okay. That's the shooting lanes. I see the shooting yeah. lanes over there. So I will uh, I will be shooting an exhibition match against world champion Jimmy Lutz. Oh, really? And I'm also shooting a fun match against a guy called Pigman. Oh, yeah. I just met Pigman. Yeah. I just had to introduce him over at another booth for a... Uh, did, you tell, did you introduce him by his real name or Pigman? I introduced him as Pigman, although I knew his real name. And the way he's described on his own website is a man with an unusual name who's known as Pigman. As if Pigman is not an unusual name by which to be known. He is not a quiet guy. I'm excited to be shooting a match against him. The interesting thing about Pigman is that uh, he's into what we call non-endemic sponsorship, right? He's got a deal with Monster Energy. Pigman. So he brought some of the Monster Girls... Along. Yeah, they're here. Monster Energy is here. Yeah, so that was a um, hey guys. That was an interesting experience to meet the Pigman, who apparently is a big deal on uh, in certain circles. I'd never heard of him. Big deal. Yeah. So uh, another big deal is our mutual friend John Dudley, who uh, also had an announcement here at the show involving a sponsor, and so I helped with that. And John's. Keeping on, keeping on, teaching archery. So. He's knocking on. Knocking, knocking on. on. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> Sorry. He's yeah. knocking. Knock on. John Dudley. He's a he's a very consistent, John. Always kind of delivers the same stuff in a very consistent way. Has a certain delivery that people enjoy and appreciate. 
you can listen to. He's got a lot of followers. He has a lot of followers. He definitely you see does. A lot of, you see a lot of people who follow archery. Yeah. Then you get, like, they follow archery and they might go, oh, I know, I know you because I follow archery. But then you get people who... They don't necessarily give a rip about archery. They follow John Dudley, and yeah. then they love archery. And, you know, I think he's he's one of those people who's taken archery and raised it to a little bit of a higher level of general consumer awareness because of his association with people like Joe Rogan, who is the yeah. famous podcaster. Joe Rogan, number one podcaster in the world, by the way. Well, right when you now. have Alex Jones on. Oh, yeah. This is the second episode in a row we've mentioned Alex Jones. By the way, I think we should have Alex Jones in our podcast. Let's have him on. Let's let him say whatever he wants. He could, he, we could come up. The new interdimensional Easton Matrix Arrow. 6.5 millimeter. Except when it inverts and goes to the other dimension. It becomes a different diameter. It's a plot by the New World Order. <laughs> that was pretty good. Why? Why, That's thank you. <laughs> now you sound like Batman. Oh, yeah. Um, no, now if I want to sound like Batman... I can sound like Batman. Was there anything else here? No, that's about uh, it. I, yeah, I have nothing else to discuss. Well, actually, if we really thought about it, we could talk about things like convention food. For another day, maybe. Yeah? Yeah. Did you have lunch today? I did. What did you have? Pizza. Convention food. Because you know it's not going to get you sick, usually. Yeah, pizza or the show dog. Mm. The show dog, and by show dog, I don't mean the kind that they bring out on the carpet and make it do yeah. tricks. No, no, no. The show dog is a frankfurter that's been boiled for hours. Well, that's better than the one that hasn't been boiled. And then put into a bun that is encased in a f usually foil wrapper. Yeah. And usually sells for something on the north side of six and a half dollars. See, all those things could get you, though. Oh, That's God. I just stick with the pizza. It's dangerous. Whereas pizza pretty much is self-regulating. You can pretty yeah. much leave pizza out overnight, and it generally won't get moldy. You're all good. All good. As opposed to, say, chicken curry. You can't leave chicken curry out overnight. Don't. I don't want be, it. You got to be careful about that stuff. Don't want it. We've got a bunch of New Easton stuff on display here at the at the ATA show. You want to talk about any of it? Uh, no. 